near-death experience podcast, an ongoing exploration of spiritually transformative experiences, including NDEs and other phenomena, in order to elucidate the ineffable and better understand our spirituality. All episodes are available at ndepodcast.org. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and guests are not necessarily those of NDE Podcast, the NDERF, any sponsors, or for that matter, anyone else. In the end, the only opinion that really matters is yours. Welcome to Near Death Experience Podcast, the official source of audio accounts for the Near Death Experience Research Foundation. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, What Near Death Experiences May Teach About Life on the Other Side. I want to start today with a, an exciting announcement for any of you who speak Spanish. This is really cool. Um, I had a, a conversation recently with Natasha Plyer, who has started a podcast that is a near-death experience podcast in Spanish. And Natasha is following the same kind of format that we follow here of sharing near-death experiences, especially from endurf.org, the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. And as we got talking, I, we were kind of like, wouldn't it be cool to have kind of a Spanish sister podcast to the near-death experience uh, podcast? that we have going and she got really excited about that I got really excited about it and so I'm just really excited to announce that it is now up we will provide a link shortly on the near-death experience podcast website and in the meantime if you search iTunes or Apple podcasts you'll find it by searching experiencias cercanas a la muerte I hope I didn't botch that name too much but that is uh, Natasha's podcast, Near-Death Experience Podcast, so please go check it out if you uh, speak Spanish or know anybody that does. This is a great way of getting the uh, message and information about near-death experiences out into the Spanish community because I, as far as I can tell, there aren't any near-death experience podcasts out in Spanish, and what a great opportunity for us to be able to to partner with Natasha in, uh, in sharing her podcast and in sharing the message of near-death experiences. So uh, go check it out. Okay, today I would like to share a couple of emails. The first is, is a comment that um, is very kind and, and very interesting also. And then we'll go on to share another email that I got that kind of led to a big discussion in, you know, by email that I'd like to share because of all the cool stuff in it. Okay, the first one, um, she says, Just a quick note to say I have enjoyed listening to your NDE podcast very much. I lost my brother about nine months ago to suicide. He chose to leave us in a very tragic way. I can't remember how I came across your podcast, but I am so glad I did as it really brought me great comfort and reassurance that my brother is okay. While I haven't experienced an NDE myself, but I am so happy to say my brother visited twice in my dreams. 
He looked younger, healthy, and his energy. Wow, I am so grateful for this. I hope he visits me more. Anyway, I just wanted to say thank you for your podcast. I like listening to the near-death experience and then your discussion after, in which you bring a lovely sense of wonder and compassion. The intro music is an otherworldly kind of music. I have listened to all of the NDE podcasts, and I am on reruns now and enjoying those too. A big thank you, Chaz. Kind regards. Well, thank you so much for those kind words. And first off, I am so sorry to hear about your brother's suicide. I can't imagine uh, what that must have put you through. I'm also grateful that you've been able to find comfort from learning about near-death experiences. I've, I've continually been in awe of what near-death experiences say about those who commit suicide. Like you said, they're okay. They're okay. And it, it just brings so much comfort to know that. And uh, also, it's very cool that you've had experiences of your brother visiting you in your dreams. That is something that I hear more and more happening that seem to be confirmed uh, by many near-death experiences. Um, In fact, there's people who have had dreams of loved ones who have died, and then when they have their near-death experience, um, they have confirmed to them that, yes, they came to visit them in their dreams. So I think that's a very real thing. And how comforting that can be for someone who has lost lost a loved one. So beautiful. Thank you so much. Okay, I'm going to share an email, initial email from uh, Sherilyn. And then I'll kind of go through the conversation that we had. Okay, so Sherilyn says, Hello, I'd like to start out by saying thank you to Chaz Hathaway. I started listening to the NDE podcast only recently. My curiosity about the afterlife really sparked in the last few years, and I was so happy to learn that there's an entire podcast dedicated to NDEs. What I'm interested in sharing with you is all not technically a near-death experience. I don't ever remember dying or being on the other side as a a result of a near-death experience. This will be a long-winded message. I apologize in advance. As a small child, I do remember seeing people who have passed on, who have passed on, such as my great-grandfather. I was probably about two or three years old when I saw him sitting in his chair at my grandmother's house, his daughter. My mother quickly shot down what what I saw as my imagination. It was not my imagination. Years after that experience, I went on seeing other passed on spirits, hanging around, walking the earth. Not a gift I wanted as a child, but now I have come to appreciate, even though as a 39-year-old adult, I can no longer see spirits. I preface this because I believe it is a God-given gift, and I believe it has bearing on my spirit's journey. I am a Christian. I follow Jesus Christ. I believe he came to this earth to show us how to live, to love so we may continue our purpose, our, our purposes wholeheartedly. After the birth of my son when I was 30, I had a particularly difficult time as a mother, as a wife. My husband and I were not seeing eye to eye. I felt alone and like I was failing as a wife. 
My husband is my best friend, my soulmate, undoubtedly. I spent many nights crying my eyes out, praying to God that he would help me. I grew up in, a diff in great difficulty, a broken home, very broken home. I was and am determined to create a loving home for my children and my husband. I feel driven more than anything in my existence on this earth that my life should be dedicated to the service of my family. Anyway, so at the worst point, I completely gave my burden to God. I knew only He could help. One night, after crying myself to sleep yet again, Jesus Himself showed up in the most vivid, lucid dream I have ever had up to that point. In the dream, it looked as though I was in ancient Israel. I could see Jesus off in the distance with two or three other people walking toward me. I recognized Jesus immediately and bolted toward him. Once I was able to be in his presence, he held out his arms as if to say, Come to me. And I did not hesitate. He enveloped me with the best hug I have ever felt. I cried in his arms, and he told me telepathically, it's okay, everything will be okay, trust me. And in that moment, I woke up. I wanted desperately to go back and be with him. I haven't seen him since, but I know he's with me. I'll point out a couple more experiences that I've had. When I was pregnant with my son, my aunt, who is more like a sister to me, was pregnant with her first and only child. In a dream, I saw her child, who looked like a toddler boy. He was reaching out to me to hug me. I knelt down to hug him, and I cried as I spoke to him telepathically. I said, this feels like goodbye. And he says to me telepathically, it's not really goodbye. There was a man dressed in all white who stood behind him at a distance. We were in what looked like a bright white room. The walls of this room were made of what looked like white mist. Heaven was on the other side of the mist wall. I have seen my little cousin one more time since this visitation. The last visitation, my aunt's child told me to please tell his mother, we will be together again and that I will be with her every day. He wanted her to know that he was always with her. Of course, I told her this beautiful message. She asked why he didn't just come to her. For that, I had no answer. The man was, that was with her was oddly familiar to me. I'll go into why he looked familiar next. Several, several years ago, when I was about 14 years old, my aunt, whose baby died in her womb, my mother, my two younger brothers, and I decided to take a hike at a local national park. The hiking trail we chose was about a five-mile hike, depending on which way you go. It was also a horse trail. It had rained several days before this hike, so it was sufficiently muddy. About halfway through our hike, there was a, tree, or a creek with huge boulders and we decided it was a good spot to take a break before we proceeded on the rest of our hike. It was beautiful. There was sunshine through the trees. Blue butterflies showed up. 
an odd thing to me because I'd never seen a blue butterfly. Then an adorable little white with black spots puppy showed up with a man who was dressed in white. Of all things on a muddy trail, white. I knew very quickly this man was not of this world. He barely spoke. He let the puppy do all of the talking. After we all had our chance to pet that sweet puppy, the man said they needed to move on. We watched the two of them walk off in the, mu in the mucky mud. We all stopped, looked at each other, and said, He had no mud on his clothes or on the puppy. Neither the man or the puppy left any tracks in the mud. We surmised he was probably an angel. Now going back to the man, I saw with my aunt's baby boy in the white room with the white mist walls. The same man was with my baby cousin both times I was visited by him. It is my belief that the man is an angel. What he was protecting us from, I have no idea. But I know he was sent by God that day to save us from some sort of peril. I've also had other lucid, vivid dreams where my husband's grandmother had a message for me. Both times I saw her, she telepathically told me everything is going to be okay. She has also visited my daughter in her dreams. She told my daughter that she will always be with her. My daughter never met her in this life. My husband's grandmother passed three months before my daughter was born. I struggled and struggle with all the hurt that is in this world. It hurts my soul that there are so many people being abused. The worst for me is knowing what is done to innocent children here. I beg God daily to help. I can't bear it that children are treated so poorly on this earth. I know we all have a purpose or several purposes to fulfill, but children are being abused is more than I can bear alone. I heard on one of the NDE podcasts the other day about how we plan our lives and God uses the, these horrible experiences for us to learn from. It seems like such hard lessons for innocence to have to learn. I suppose I'll always struggle with that. I want to close with this. Thank you for all you do, Chaz. I feel like I've been given pieces that were missing. And now things make more sense to me than they ever have before. I take peace in this knowledge that, in the end, God makes all things new. We are not ever alone, and we are loved beyond measure. Please keep up what you're doing if you can. So many people are like me and needed this puzzle of life to make sense. Feel free to share any of my experiences. I am blessed to have had them. I want others to feel as blessed. Sincerely and truly appreciative, Sherilyn. Oh my goodness, that is so beautiful, Sherilyn. Those experiences, they're so, they, they provide so much comfort and just, I mean, beautiful, just beautiful. I'm going to read my response to her so that you can kind of follow this conversation as we had it because I think there's some real cool things that come out of this. Okay, I said, wow, Sherilyn, your experiences are beautiful. Incidentally, your description of the abilities you had growing up 
Seeing spirits, spiritual sensitivity, etc., are classic examples of the after-effects of those who have had a near-death experience. There are some people who have had these gifts naturally, to be sure, but I've noticed often those with such gifts can look into their own history and discover that there was a time, pre-memory, before age five or so, that they nearly died. Since complete death, heart stopping, no breathing, etc., is not necessary to have a near-death experience, children who are so fresh from heaven already may have a near-death experience and thus never fully grow out of seeing angels or spirits around them on occasion. Also, many who have had NDEs don't remember them for days, months, years, or even decades later. It's actually quite common for someone coming to the brink of death, nearly dying as a teenager, for example, to have no memory of having a near-death experience, but then 25 years later, something sparks a memory that slams the entire experience back into their memory. A really good example of this is Peggy Robinson, who I interviewed about her multiple near-death experiences in the episode Peggy Robinson's Near-Death Experiences. Is there any chance you nearly died as a child at some point? Just curious. Anyway, thank you so much for contacting me. It's been, or it's so nice to come across others who recognize the reality of this stuff. Even amongst my friends and family, I've found I have to be careful how much detail I share about what I'm learning so I don't get the, I think he's going nuts, look. God bless you, Chas Hathaway. Okay, so Sherilyn responds, Hi Chas, thank you so very much for getting back with me. I appreciate you. I actually did have two close calls that happened early in life and one time at age 13. The first happened when I was 18 months old. I was hospitalized with acute cerebral ataxia. My mom said she will be getting back with me on details about that. She's headed into a meeting right now. I don't remember this event. However, I do remember being an infant. I remember standing in my crib, bouncing on my mattress while holding on to the railing. I remember marveling at the sunlight coming in through the window. I remember it made me feel like I was filled with utter joy. I'm going to pause for a second in case I forget to <laughs> bring this up, but that itself is just, wow. I mean, when an infant is experiencing sunlight through a window and experiencing utter joy, it, I can't help wonder if it wasn't actually sunlight that they were seeing and feeling and experiencing. And sometimes it's both, you know. Sometimes when somebody dies, they uh, they turn and they head toward the sun. And the sun morphs with time into a tunnel with a brilliant light at the end and so forth like that. So, I mean, it's not like it's either one or the other. It just makes me think, you know, wow, there's, <laughs> there's something going on there. Okay, anyway, continuing her email. The second, ex or the second time I came close was when I was three years old. I overdosed on Flintstone vitamins. I had enough iron in my system to kill an adult. I remember that experience. It was horrifying. I remember feeling sick and the medical staff holding me down while shoving a tube down my throat to force me to vomit. I'll never forget that experience. The third time happened when I was 13 years old. We had been in the mountains all day. On the way home, we stopped at uh, Steinecker Lake near Vernal, Utah. 
I remember my brothers and I took our shoes off to walk in the sand. I stepped on glass. It severed an artery. I remember there being so much blood. Weird things happened on the way to the hospital. The bleeding stopped. There is no explanation that I know of where bleeding stops and after an artery has been severed, you know, unless you're dead. They got me into surgery pretty fast. They put me under anesthesia. I remember counting back from ten, got to nine, and I was out. I didn't dream at all while under. I wish I could remember any near-death experience I've had. How wonderful that would be. My son sees spirits, too. He choked on fluid in his chest shortly after birth. It was a scary situation. I thank God my mom was there to notice because I was so tired I didn't notice. My husband was taking care of our three-year-old daughter at that point. My son and I are quite alike in many ways. I will say this, too. I knew my husband's name long before I met him. I knew at age eight that I'd marry a man named Matthew. I've told him this. I think he thinks it's funny. Funny in a good and special way. Thank you again for getting back to me. I'll email you with what my mom says about the acute cerebral ataxia I suffered from at age 18 months. Okay, and then uh, she gets back again shortly after, and she says, Hi Chaz, my mom just got back with me about what happened regarding the acute cerebral ataxia I suffered at 18 months. Here are her words. You had been walking for months and would say a few words. You were very active and happy. You would talk to me constantly. You would use the words you knew and then add some made-up words to hold a conversation with me. You had plenty of expression on your face when you would speak, and you would look like you loved life. Then one day, you would just lie there. You wouldn't walk anymore. You would scoot or crawl if you felt like you wanted to move, but you didn't often. You slowly reverted to an infant. I had to feed you, carry you. You didn't look happy anymore. You didn't talk to me, and no one, or, and no matter how hard I tried to get you to talk. I thought you were sick, but it never ended. You never got better. Then one day you started vomiting violently, so I took you to the doctor. He immediately sent you to the hospital because he thought it was meningitis. They did a spinal tap, and I could hear you screaming from down the hall. They wouldn't let me in the room because they needed it to be sterile. I cried in that waiting room, and I prayed. I was so scared. I had never been so scared in my life. I wanted to hold your tiny hand to help you, but I couldn't. Once they did let me see you, you latched into me. You latched onto me, and you were trembling. It broke my heart to see my tiny baby girl scared and hurting. You looked at me like I let you do this to you, like I let them do this to you, and I felt like you thought I betrayed you. It was the most difficult thing I have had to go through yet. I don't ever want to be that scared or hurt ever again. It makes me tear up 38 years later to think about it. I try not to. Yours was a viral infection that triggered it. And that's the end of her quoting her mother, but uh, Sherilyn continues. It makes me so sad to think she had to go through that. She really had a hard time as a mother years after this experience. 
I hope all of this info helps you on your journey. You have helped me on mine. Thank you, and God bless you. Okay, that's the end of that uh, email. And yes, it absolutely does. And the whole reason I'm sharing all of this on the podcast is because I've had several people um, emailing me with these kinds of stories and so forth. And <clears throat> and I, I always want to jump straight to, you know, did you happen to have a near-death experience? And I, I try not to make that make it awkward or anything and I hope it doesn't come across that way but you know the the curious interested you know research in, researcher in me wants to understand this stuff so badly that I'm just I just get excited about you know more such experiences coming up um, so that's that's why I, I brought this up and it demonstrates too that it's very possible that Sherilyn from either the uh, the viral infection that she had as uh, almost baby, to or even the uh, experience she had when she was thirteen years old, three years old, uh, you know, and I mean, it's like multiple close calls, um, and I don't know. There's something about near death experiences that isn't always about whether a person is even conscious or not. You think about the um, fear death experiences <coughs> where someone will have an experience where they, you know, nearly go off a road, you know, and there's a ravine right there, but they miss. They, you know, are able to swerve and, and, and they're fine. Nothing happened to them physically. Obviously, psychologically, there's a little bit of trauma, but, uh, you know, scared experiences... Um, the, uh, the story of, um, the Burpo kid, Todd Burpo, um, I think Todd was the author, not the, not the kid who, I, I, I'm suddenly having a brain cramp, can't remember the name. Anyway, Heaven is for Real is the, is the story. Um, he never fully, you know, he never had, went into a full coma he never stopped breathing or, um, or, you know, never had his heartbeat stop. But he had some pretty involved experiences that, uh, you know, and he was just sick for a while, you know. And, and it was a pretty severe sick, but um, it led to some incredible near-death experiences, which at the time he didn't know what that was. He was four years old. It wasn't, you know... <laughs> Uh, anyway, these kind of experiences are very common and are either often forgotten or they uh, just lead to some near-death experience after effect. It's like they jump straight to the after effects. And based on some of the things that Sherilyn is saying, um, it really kind of looks like you know, whether she had her own experience or not that she can't remember, um, she certainly seems to have have uh, developed what we would call the after effects of a near-death experience. And so it just kind of shows that somewhere in her experience, she has these abilities, these gifts that sometimes come. And, uh, and many people do. And if you're ever wondering, why do I experience this? Why do I 
have such a sensitivity toward, you know, violent television or, or toward, you know, um, plants and animals, toward, you know, um, things that don't seem to phase other people, or even they see things or have dreams that, that have deeper meaning and so forth. There is meaning to that. There is, there's something to that. And where that comes from is still unclear to me, but it, it seems to me that the veil between this life and the next is, it's like there's a crack in it for some people. And near-death experiences are one of the, you know, most sure ways of putting a crack in the veil, but it's not the only way. And sometimes just close calls with death that don't lead to near-death experiences leave that crack in the veil. I suspect that that's happened to me just because of little experiences I've had throughout my life that are, you know, precognitive or a dream, you know, experience kind of things. I've, I've shared in some of my previous episodes about experiences of, of uh, sensing communication from my uh, late grandparents and so forth and, and what some special experiences led to and so forth. Things that I'm like, I can't just, I can't just write that off as coincidence. It just doesn't work. So there's something going on there. Anyway, I am also interested to know if any of you in starting to study near-death experiences and the spiritual side of things, if you start experiencing after effects. I have a suspicion. I don't know. I don't know, but I have a suspicion that just studying near-death experiences can lead to after effects. Again, I, I need more data points on that to be able to to give it any credence, but I, I just have a suspicion. It's like my gut is, is kind of poking at that. So if you have these kinds of, um, you know, after effect like experiences and have never had a near death experience or even been close to death, let me know. I just, I, I find this stuff fascinating. Okay. Anyway, let me share one more, uh, uh, communication that, uh, Sherilyn had and it's, This is cool, too. This is just really cool. She says, Hi, Chaz. Let me start out by saying that I hope you and your family are well. Crazy times. I wanted to add to what I shared with you a while ago, bringing you back two experiences I had where I saw what I'm sure was an angel. I saw who I now believe is my great-great-grandfather. I saw him by the creek in the experience I had at 14 with my mom, aunt, and brothers on the muddy horse trail, and also again at 30 when I dreamed that I saw my aunt's unborn child with that same angel. I saw a picture of him recently, and it's him. I think it's amazing that families seem to look out for each other even when we cross over. I wanted to say that I am almost all caught up with on the episodes with you and John. I would like to say how much I appreciate the time John has given to this podcast. He is absolutely fantastic. And just as a side note, I absolutely agree. He's amazing. Okay, continuing. She says, I also wanted to add, I'm totally okay if my experiences are used in this in the podcast. I still can't recall a near-death experience, but I am certain I am experiencing after effects. Thanks so much. God bless. 
Okay, thank you so much, Sherilyn, for your experiences. Thank you for being willing to share them with us, with the insight that it gives. And let's just talk for a second about this, you know, the Muddy Horse Trail um, experience. That is just so stinking cool. I mean, <laughs> you know, here's this this guy that, you know, even after right after the experience of seeing him on the trail, you're like, uh, did you guys notice that he, he was not covered in mud, nor was his dog? I mean, that's just unheard of on a muddy trail. That's just, that doesn't happen. But And then you recall, wait a minute, I remember seeing him in that dream of, you know, your of her aunt's unborn child. And then seeing a picture later of her great-great-grandfather, and it's him. That is just so stinking cool. I mean, just just so cool. Families look after each other through the veil. I mean, how cool is that? I, I can't wait to meet my ancestors because I have a sense that they have been participating in my life. There's so much. I, I'm a little bit of a genealogy geek anyway. I just find family history to be fascinating. And I encourage any of you to look into your family history for a couple of reasons. One, it's just fun to kind of know where you come from. But two, so many of the experiences that I've had in my life that have made me what I am today with the kind of life pursuits that I've made, you know, that I, I've gone into writing, I've gone into music, I've gone into uh, really big into gardening right now. We're opening a little local garden shop here in town. I look into my family history and I have musicians, and I have writers, and I have my uh, great, I'm trying to remember if it was my great-great or great-grandmother. Anyway, my great-grandma and grandpa had a flower shop here in Utah, one of the first in, in their town, or, or the very first in their town, probably one of the early ones in Utah back in the uh, you know late 1800s. I'm like... Where did I get this from? Where did I get this from? Obviously, there's some blood, there's some genetic, you know, interest, whatever, maybe some some talents or gifts, I don't know. But I think there may be, you know how when you hang out with people, you tend to take a little bit of interest in the things that they do? I can't help wonder if our ancestors who are at our side, more often than we imagine, who are protecting us, who are offering little bits of guidance, little bits of assurance and kindness, and just, you know, little moments when we need an angel, they are there and provide that for us. And they're, I mean, we know that telepathic stuff happens in in spirit, and I don't know how, I don't know how that plays out, but wouldn't that also mean that their interests, their thoughts, their feelings about things around them are going to spill a little bit, leak into us? And what if that's happening sometimes? What if one of the reasons that we happen to uh, take on the interests that our ancestors are, had was not only because we were raised to appreciate those kinds of things, which is probably true also, but also because they are still around influencing us often. And I mean, I don't know how it would be for them, but if I end up being a guardian angel to some of my 
you know, uh, progenitors in the future, you can bet I'm going to be jamming some tunes while I'm in their presence. And maybe they'll take a little bit of interest in music. Maybe they'll take a little interest in writing. Maybe some will become podcasters. Who knows? It's a cool idea. I don't know. I don't know. It just, it just gets my, my curiosity and spiritual interest just peaking. There's something there. Something there. Anyway, thank you so much uh, for those of you who have uh, contacted me or John uh, reached out to us. It, 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 I can't tell you what it means to hear these words of appreciation and, and love. So thank you so much for that. And to any of you who just who haven't or don't feel constrained to contact us, don't worry about it. It's totally okay. Just your being here, you're, you're being influenced by the things that, that we're reading, by these people who have had these incredible experiences and have shared them with the world, you know, and they may not have had a major platform to get that out there, to get their message that, from what they've learned out there, but those of us who can appreciate it are able to pick that up and share it with the world, and it's like, it's that snowball effect or the ripple effect of everybody having a positive influence on each other. And I can tell you, those ripples that come back to us, um, that, to me and John, are, are just, I mean, it's so loving and validating and just, I mean, it just keeps us going. So thank you, all of you, so much again for listening.